Hello, everybody! Happy, happy Tuesday! I am so, so, so excited! Oh my goodness! I am so excited for today. My special guest on the show today. We got Rokia Reno in the in the car with us. And if you don't know her, you really should. Today, Rokia, she's a TEDx speaker, the world-renowned brand strategist. And a self-made entrepreneur, my friend.、Um, I am just so 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 excited.、Uh, Rokia today, she is a founder and executive officer at Sky Blue Media, a non-traditional agency that brings authenticity to your brand while elevating your business to a brand new level. Over 15 years, today she worked with so many wonderful brands such as Airbnb, Comcast, Dell, and so many more. Her expertise has been recognized in Forbes magazine, Inc.com, Hot Post, and on stage, my friend. She captivating audience like no one ever.、Uh, today, she's recognized for innovative approach and a commitment to authenticity, and speak on TEDx, South by Southwest, Inbound, and so many, many more. With that, everybody, I am just so pumped, so excited, and thank you so much, Lucia, for joining us. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I love that. I love your energy, and I so appreciate your energy and enthusiasm. So I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, honor is all mine. So, Rokia, you accomplished so many incredible things. Tell us how does all the magic got begin, got started. I love that you said magic. I don't think any of it was magic. It was a lot of hard work. When you know, so I I like to say I, I can talk about the story behind the glory because where I am today, people will say, you know, that's amazing. You work with all of these companies. There's a lot of glory there, right? And I think sometimes when we talk about all of the glory, we forget about the story. And all of the steps that it took to get there. So I started my career, and I'll go all the way back to like while I was in college, thinking about what I was going to do. You know, there's so many, there's so much outside pressure when you're in college. What are you going to do when you graduate? What are your internships going to be?、Mm-hmm. And for me, I switched majors. I was going to school for chemistry, but then. I really wanted to be in the school of communications and theater, but my parents said, "Well, what kind of job are you going to get? You know, well, what, how are you going to make money working?、Mm-hmm. You know, going for communications and theater?" They were like, "There's no way you can do that," and so they actually made me go to business school. So I I enrolled into the business school at my college. I studied international business and marketing. Um, I took a lot of psychology courses because I was very interested in consumer behavior and the science behind how people consume things, whether it was food, whether it was mental health challenges. You know, I then graduated from college and pursued a degree in counseling psychology. So I taken you know the love of psychology and I was pursuing a degree in counseling psychology all the while. Working in higher education, working with students on conflict resolution, so doing a lot. So my background, you know, a lot of crisis management, a lot of conflict resolution, a lot of problem solving, you know, in in with immediacy. So not taking a long time to think about things, but 
problem solving in the moment. And after leaving the university, I had actually had a little bit of an unfortunate event. I, I was working in the space of psychology and, you know, something something traumatic happened, which caused me to say, you know what, I don't think that I want to carry this for the rest of my life. I don't think that I would like to be in the world of counseling and psychology for the rest of my life. And right amidst that sort of thought, uh, I was, you know, I was reached at someone who was working on a local production had reached out to me and said, Hey, we're thinking about, you know, pitching this show to MTV networks. He was a writer from, um, they were using writers from my so-called life and the grassy high. And they wanted to create a scripted teen drama series, which I then got into. I became an associate producer on that show. Then I became a producer for TLC and discovery health. And I was working on all of these TV shows. So in the world of television, you just work on a bunch of different shows. You build, you know, your sort of resume and your dossier up of, you know, production credits and things. And then while I was doing that, I was also, when I was on hiatus, you know, shows will typically go dark. And, you know, during an edit phase, during the edit phase, I always wanted to do something. I never considered it to be like downtime. So I was producing fashion editorials. I was guest writing. I was building up just my network of individuals from all different places. And then I worked at a traditional public relations company for a little bit of time and then decided, you know what, through a series of some other unfortunate events, it was time for me to start my own agency. So I started Sky Blue Media, which was actually... First Sky Blue Productions, because I was a producer, I started Sky Blue Media with one client, which was a three-year contract to work with the business improvement district to attract people into this business corridor with hundreds of businesses to shop, live, and play. So that was my job for three years. That was my first client, an entire business improvement district. And then I started working with that city. And then people started to recognize, oh, there's this woman who owns this agency and it's a little non-traditional and they've done all of these things. And so we were then um, approached by folks from a ride-sharing economy car company, which rhymes with Uber. And then we were reached out to, I mean, and then we started getting approached by a bunch of different tech companies and HSN and um, and then after that, it just started to become a, a snowball effect. People were finding us. We weren't doing any marketing. People were just finding us. Wow, Lokia, that is <laughs> truly magical. I have, wow, that journey is so beautiful. And I want, and I want to ask you, you know, going back to the moment you said about in college, you know, your parents want you to not take in a communication major, right? But you decide. And then from that moment, you... After grad, after college, you go to counseling, and that's what you do, right? Talking about authenticity, what moment you realize authentically that's what you really want, despite what your parents told you, what the time you major and you spend all those time in a graduate degree and you have this job in higher ed, how do you decide to realize, you know what? That's my parents want, that's my school want, my student want, but this moment, I actually want to do something else. How do you have the yeah. authenticity to decide and take a stand truly for yourself? I think that's such an excellent question because 
I think I knew all along. I just didn't know how to communicate that. I didn't know how to articulate that. It came out in the form of frustration. It came out in the form of failure. It was something that I didn't have my heart in. I wasn't passionate about it. I was just doing, you know, what my parents told me to do. Hey, you have to go to business school. Now, I think back to enrolling in the business school, and I do think that is where I honed a lot of my marketing skills. I'm a marketer because my parents <laughs> told me I had to, you know, go to business school. I don't know if I would have learned that in the School of Communications and Theater. And my, I, I will say my dad did see something in me. So I'm not saying, okay, listen to your parents. But my dad said, you're a natural communicator. You know, I don't want my, you know, my dad's a, a, a blue collar worker. He was a longshoreman. And he was like, I'm not paying all this money for you to go and learn how to talk to people when you already do that. And he would always say to me, Rakia, you can talk your way out of anything. I'm not paying for you to continue your education doing that. I want you to go to school for something that you don't know how to do. I want you to go to school and do something that's difficult for you. And that was, you know, learning economies of scale, learning statistics, learning all of those things that really helped to, to prepare me for the future because I essentially built my business. I had to look at, you know, I know we don't talk about the SWOT analysis anymore, but I had to think about what my strengths were, what, the, what opportunities were in the market, you know, what sort of threats I face with, you know, a lack of, you know, access to capital or what, you know, other people in the market were doing. Um, and then, you know, what did that look like from an analysis standpoint? And it helped me to think about my strong points in storytelling as a TV producer, you know, my strong points in, you know, being an effective communicator, but looking at the threats of the world and, you know, and I didn't say weaknesses purposely because I, I, at that point I was so, I was so one track minded of like, I have to do this. I have to go that I didn't look at anything as a weakness. I looked at things as threats or opportunities or areas of vulnerability. But I was like, listen, I can work through this. I'll just make sure that I power through this. And it was, you know, having a very specific mindset for a number of years, I, I had to program my brain, I learned to form habits that I didn't have as a younger person, being very diligent about waking up very early in the morning and getting things done before there were any interruptions being very laser focused on what my goals were, being very laser focused. Like I, by the end of this year, I want to do this. In six months, I'd like to do this. At the end of this week, I would like to do this. I was very specific with my goals. And I am one of those folks that I will take, I, I, I put things into separate categories and chunks. Someone on my team recently said, you know how to compartmentalize things. Yes, if there's something that's happening from one to two, I just need a little, a little bit of a buffer and 15 minutes to sort of reset my frequencies so I can get into the other thing from 3.30 to 4.30. And so I think when folks are challenged with making tough decisions, at the end of the day, you're the person that has to live with what's happening. You know, I thought about my parents all of the time when I was making decisions, but I would say to them, at the end of the day, I'm the person that has to live with this. I would have to go to this job. I have to go to those classes. I have to speak to that person. 
I will have to pay those bills. I will have to sit in front of this. Not you. You can guide me all you want, which is great as a parent. And I'm blessed and thankful to, to have, have good parents like that. But at the end of the day, you are the controller of your destiny and you can design it any way that you like. And I think that if we think about destiny in terms of actionable, what is your life going to look like? Maybe some of us might make different decisions on some of the things that we're going to do. Like there are building blocks. You can't just jump right into one thing. It took me a very long time to accomplish what I've accomplished. Um, but I do believe that every lesson that I've learned, every brick that I've been faced with has not been just a brick that has been thrown at me. It's been a brick that I've taken and I've utilized to build something greater. That's such a beautiful mindset, Rukia. And you talked about earlier that, you know, in, the, in your earlier time, you, there's a moment that you start to shift in terms of your mindset and how you see life and things happen to you as you progress in your career, right? I'm curious, you know, what inspired you that moment? What, what happened? How do you start to see going that, uh, that route? Because I'm thinking about today, there are many other, whether it's entrepreneurs, aspir aspiring entrepreneurs are watching and want to see you as a role model. Maybe he or she is on the way to hustle and sounds like that is your ticket to kind of pivoting and really figure out your own path, right? So what moment inspired you to really start growing in the mindset and what would you share with the audience? Maybe he or she just started this process and wanted to really learn more and truly um, get ready for the big, big opportunity to come for them as well. Yeah, I, you know, when I would say what inspired me very early on is backstepping into what I didn't want. I, I, I had grown up and seen so many sort of traditional, very linear paths around me. Everyone had taken a linear path. You, you go to school, you graduate, you get a job, you start a family, you do the thing, you have a retirement plan, all of these very traditional things. And those things were beautiful. They, they were beautiful, seeing what my grandparents had built for themselves, seeing what my parents and, and family members had built. And then there were family members who had built nothing for themselves and they would complain or be anxiety ridden or be in a depressive state. And for me, I always, I was always intentional about wanting joy in my life. Like always, always. I never, and I would say, I don't, I don't want to be surrounded by people that are unhappy. I don't want to be surrounded by people that don't like life or don't appreciate it or don't I because I didn't want those things are contagious. And so for me, it was when I couldn't find people around me that were super joyous or enthusiastic, I really had to embody all of those things. I had to embody them. And so the inspiration came from that stepping into what I didn't want. And so when I knew what I didn't want, it was very easy for me to decide what I did want. And I wanted to live a joyous life and I wanted it to be full of peace. And I wanted to have freedom of creative thought and expression. I wanted to be able to create because that's the thing that brings me joy when I can step away. You know, sometimes. During the weekend, I can say, you know, like 
if you're a person like me, if I have to drink a lot of water throughout the day, I always have like, like a, this has ginger and lime and all of it, but I have to drink water throughout the day because it helps to keep me hydrated. If I don't read, if I can't be inspired by reading someone's story or reading a, a great white paper or understanding data and trends, and then I am dehydrated. So I know for me, I have to do the things that bring me joy. And in order to create, I have to consume, whether it's media or a white paper or articles or all of the things that I said, but I know what I need to hydrate myself. Like I drink water to stay, to stay hydrated. I read and I consume media to be inspired. And then I create to ensure that I have the amounts of joy that I, you know, that I need in my life. And I think sometimes people think, you know, you have to do all of these things to create joy. And for some of us, it just comes from the little things. It just comes from writing a story or writing a, you know, for me, creating, you know, something imaginative for a client to conquer a crisis issue or creating a pathway forward for a corporation to build a great board or creating a pathway forward for a corporation who's invested a hundred million dollars in entrepreneurs. How do you tell that story? And for me, those are the things that bring me joy and keep me creative. Wow. I think it's so, so beautiful, Rukia, that you are so true to yourself and really just listen to your heart and know will bring you joy and really follow the light. I think that is one of the key reasons why you are so, so successful today because you truly play your gift and share your gift with the world. So we are so, so happy and um, what a beautiful journey. So now I want to pivot our story, you know, to the entrepreneur. You talked about earlier in whether it's in college, choosing different major, and yeah, also in the counseling or career, and then, you know, TV career in that, perspective what moment well let me reframe it do you always know you want to be an entrepreneur yourself do you always know you want to start your own business so I think yes I, it's funny because very early on I didn't know what the word you know when I was in fourth grade you know the word entrepreneur didn't become a buzz term until maybe a decade you know a decade or 15 years ago for myself you know my again my parents came from this very linear traditional background the people around me came from these very linear traditional backgrounds so no one said hey rakia you know what you exhibit the traits of an entrepreneur have you ever thought about being an entrepreneur had someone said that i may have researched what an entrepreneur was and i may have been inspired and who knows what it would have happened but i do know retrospectively if i look back to some of the things that I did as a young person, as a child, one example is when I was very young, um, you know, the teachers would say, you know, I talk too much in class and all of that, which I think a lot of us had those challenges. But there was a time when I had to do book reports and that was the bane of my existence. I, I mean, I had such a huge disdain for writing book reports because I was just like, there's got to be a better way. Like, why are we reading this and writing a paper about it? Can't we do a video about it? Can't we do something fun? So my dad had just gotten his first like 
camcorder. And I remember instead of a book report, I had invited some friends over to reenact what we were supposed to do in this book report. I put commercials in it. And I keep saying to my dad, you've got to find these tapes because they're gold. Um, but I had friends reenact what we were supposed to do for this book report. I then had a dollhouse, which my dad helped me to, to model, like remodel. And it, it, we needed it to look like uh, some sort of um, some sort of mansion that was in one of the books that we were reading about. And so instead of handing in a book report, I was handing in a VHS tape. So that was one sort of indicator of like, hey, I like to do things a different, you know, a different way. I was a Girl Scout, so I was always selling cookies, trying to win. I wanted to be the best at it. I, you know, if, if the goal was, you know, you have to sell 100 boxes of cookies. My goal was I want to sell 200 boxes of cookies. I want to be the best. And so, you know, having those goals, like being so goal sort of driven at such an early age and being competitive. I think there's something to be said for folks that are competitive. And I wasn't competing with other people. It was mostly competing with myself as a child. This is, And this behavior, I was exhibiting in fourth grade, sixth grade, you know, and then going on into college, it was, you know, I'd always, again, retrospectively going back, I'm looking at the things that I did. It, there were always leadership. You know, I started the Community Service Association at my university. I ran for homecoming queen. I had done all of these things and I'd done a campaign with homecoming. And, and now I think back to, I was like, that was pretty clever. You know, for homecoming, you had to get all of these votes. And so what I did to make sure that I had votes is that I started to partner with the college, the um, sorority and fraternal organizations, the fraternities and the sororities, because I knew, oh, that I, instead of going to this person, this person, this person, and this person, why don't I go to the organizations and I'm getting these people and these people and these people. So I was working out those equations in my head. So did I know that I was exhibit, exhibiting the habits of an entrepreneur? No. But was I innately and intuitively doing those things? Yes. So when I think back to it, it's like all along since I was in the fourth grade, I was setting myself up to be some sort of entrepreneur. So beautiful. It's just like Steve Jobs always said, when you're looking forward, you cannot always connect and adapt. But looking backwards, they always connect. And I think, you know, Rukia, your story is such a perfect example for that. Um, so, yes. So now you are definitely a self-made entrepreneur, right? The moment you decided, damn, I can do this too. And you start your own business. Now I'm curious. Now you started. How is it? How's the journey of, you know, going back 15 years ago, the moment you start? Is this what everything you anticipate? No, this is not what I anticipated at all. You know, I started my company because I thought it would lead to me, you know, being, you know, a director or something on a TV set. I never imagined that I would have a portfolio of businesses. And that's the track that I'm on now. I have Sky Blue Media. I have an apparel brand, Everyday Jane. I am launching a tech platform and plug-in um, later this year. So I've now developed a portfolio of businesses that I never, I never thought or never imagined. Again, I thought, hey, I'll start a business and the business will go here. But what I, I have been 
good at all along is predicting what the next trend will be or being able to forecast where the market is going and where people should be set up. And so what I've done for, you know, my business and the businesses around me and the people that are around me is forecasted sort of where we're going in the future and this future of work and started to set up the portfolio businesses to be able to react to those things later on. So right now, while these things that I'm working on are in their infancy, I know that later on they will be perfectly positioned for success because I'm building now for the outcomes to occur later. Wow, that's incredible. The fact that you have that forward-looking ability, that's so incredible. Um, so I'm curious, you know, with the moment you start a business from now, 15 years later, what is the hardest moment? What is the hardest challenge you have to be through or you or your business have to be through? Yeah, you know, I will say it is the people around you. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's always, the challenge is always, you know, hiring people, retaining, retaining people. I, I've been, you know, especially when you're growing, I think uh, my first three years of business, it was like getting it off the ground. Mm -hmm. The next three years, you know, we were doing a great deal of building. This 10th year has been a challenging year. One, because the pandemic has given us so many external compounded areas of stress that we could not anticipate nor we could measure if anyone says that they were able to forecast this or anticipate this i'd like to meet them because no one could have no one could have anticipated this so while there are folks that understand the future of work the future of technology the future of business no one was set up for this and so for me the challenge has been you know in, from the employee standpoint, because people are working from home, people are making different life decisions, mm -hmm. keeping the same people for the same amount of time. I've been so used to employees being at my agency for five years, six years, seven years, eight years. And last year, people were like, I don't know if I want to be in this industry anymore. And so now I'm looking for, you know, new people. And so it's it's been a, a, a bit of a challenge on the people side. I, I can be very honest and transparent with that. But I I see that happening across industries, not just with my company. I've seen it every I've seen it at all levels, very small companies. I was talking to a friend in the restaurant industry the other day, and he was saying, if you feel it, imagine what I feel when hospitality and restaurant industries. Mm -hmm. it, it's a very volatile industry. And so he was talking about the amount of turnover with his restaurant. And so it's, it's a challenge, but we're mm -hmm. working through it. And this challenge has helped me to put better systems in place. Mm -hmm. And it's helped me to sharpen, sharpen my tools. Rukia, I think you have such a beautiful mind. I felt every challenge is every Difficulty come to your way, you always can looking at it as a blessing and how that able enable you to whether it's putting a system in place or you know just start looking at things differently. I think that's such a wonderful gift. And I'm just curious, you know, of course, pandemic happened, it's not easy for anyone the past years. And I'm curious, is it any time, any moment that whatever happened, whether it's a work or people or something, event that just unexpected that just so hard, and you thought to yourself, damn. 
I don't know if I can get up and keep going tomorrow. But yeah, you still show up second day. Like I'm curious, is there a moment like that that you can share with folks? And how do you always keep forward? Because I imagine 10 years, 15 years agency is not the smooth selling. No. Time, right? <laughs> of course not. How do you at those moments, whether it's pandemic or something else that, you know, in the past, how would you just keep keep showing up? Oh, goodness. I mean, I have a, a, a perfect cocktail of a bunch of things that help. And cocktail in a sense of here are the things that I use to help me through challenging situations. Now, I, as an agency owner, agencies, it's a very hard space to be in, especially when you are operating in a space where you have more than 10 employees. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, after that, you get into 20. I have, you know, with part-time freelancers, contractors, and full-time people, we have about 29 people working for us. So that's, for me, thinking of small business, it's larger than what I anticipated. Um, And so when I get to these moments where it is really challenging, you know, I have to measure, are these reasons beyond my control? Are there external factors that I don't have a grasp on or that I can control? Now, if, if it's in my control, then I, you know, I work on it one way. But if it's external, I work on it another way. But these past few years, what I have done is because I am someone that, you know, my mind is my most powerful asset. I have to I have to take care of it. So, you know, whether that's changing up, maybe listening to less podcasts but listening to more medicate, more meditations, or, you know, maybe a week straight of podcast because a, a podcast like this would inspire me, you know? So it's figuring out what works best for you. Currently for me, it's listening to a meditation in the morning and a podcast at night. Or if I've had a really tough day, it's listening to a podcast in the morning and a meditation at night. I see a therapist every single week. I was getting massages pre-pandemic. I was getting a massage every single week because I knew about the stress that I was physically holding in my body and I needed to get it out. Um, You know, I have three children. So when you think about joy and, you know, not just happiness, but joy, you have to be surrounded by people that give you absolute joy. My, My children don't care about (laughs) <laughs> closing a contract or signing with this one. They don't care who I'm on the phone with. You know, they care about laughing and doing something fun. And so I I look forward to weekends and things because I know that we're just going to have fun. We don't have to talk about work. We don't have to. I don't have to talk about a case study. I don't have to talk about metrics. I don't have to talk about, you know, doing something. So I think for me, you know, the most challenging Times that I face, mm-hmm. I've ensured that I am very protective of my mind, whether that's bringing a therapist on, bringing an executive coach on, listening to things that fuel my soul, reading things that enlighten me, inspire me, that will get me on a better path, and surrounding myself with people, protecting my energy, protecting, you know, when you're someone that's creative, you're exuding and, and giving off so many amounts of energy and people can take that. So I am very protective with those things. And I make sure that, you know, I'm surrounded by people that can fuel, feed my energy. And it's it's reciprocal. I'm feeding 
feeding their energy as well. It's so beautiful, Kia. You know, I think you really the example of what authentic really means. Today, you're so honored of who you are and knowing that, you know, what really sparked your joy and knowing the moment when those stress show up, how could you really take care of yourself as you're leading the team, as you're moving forward. I think that's so important because oftentimes see entrepreneurs or, you know, female entrepreneurs specifically, they are so selfless. They are so about everyone around them and really, you know, not really taking time on themselves so i think that's such a beautiful example and i'm curious Lukia, you talk about you know you being creative and how you always follow the light follow the joy i'm curious today what inspired you what gave you joy oh what gave me joy so many things it's already almost one o'clock i instead of riding my peloton this morning i love my peloton but i went outside for a bike ride so I typically give myself 30 minutes on the Peloton, but today was a beautiful day. And I knew my first meeting wasn't until 9.30. So I said, at 7.45, I'm going to go for a bike ride. I rode through the park. I stopped to take everything in. I heard the birds chirping. I saw people walking their dogs. Um, and I breathed, I, I, I breathed in some fresh you know, some fresh air. I was able to breathe in the fresh air. And so that was that was great for me. And just coming back to my house and being able to do a little bit of yoga before I got my day started and talking to my children and laughing, you know, laughing with them. Um, that that's what gave me joy today. So beautiful. I am so blessed and honored this morning. I need to think about I wake up, I hear this bird chirping outside of my window. I thought to myself. Yeah, today's gonna be a beautiful day. And as you mentioned, I was like, wow, what a magical coincidence. Right, right. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes we just have to take in, you know, the birds. And I am someone that is hugely impacted by weather. So mm -hmm. when it's raining or it's dreary, I tend to, oh, so this beautiful weather is like, this is great for me. This is, this is perfect. So beautiful. And Rakia, I'm curious. If you're looking back, you know, just say past 20 years, 30 years, if you were talking to yourself when you were 16, 15, do you ever thought you'd come this far? Do you ever thought a journey ahead? Like, is it everything you ever imagined? I'm curious. Yeah, if I had to look back 20 years, you know, if I had to look back 20 years, I was really young, 20 and 30 years ago, really, really young. I would say... I, I, you know, I've always known that I was going to achieve some level of success. I've always been determined. Wow. I've always been tenacious. I, it, that, that tenacity is something that has always been very, I've always been driven. Just like I need to get to this next point, whether it's, you know, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, you know what I'm talking about? You know, we're going back to that, you know, that's yeah. fourth grade, that's fifth grade, that's sixth grade. Yeah. There was always there was always something like when I was little, it was like, OK, I've got to go to this 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 high school or I've got to go to this college or I've got to do this thing. Um, yeah, I, I think, yes, I, I would say I, I thought that there would be some level of success. Did I imagine it this way? Maybe, maybe not. I thought maybe I was like, oh, you know, I'll be a teacher or a TV producer, or, you know, and I've gotten to do all of those things. All the things that I thought I was going to do, 
Mm-hmm. I've done in some shape or form. Where's that fire come from, Okia? Sounds like mm-hmm. you along the journey, even though you don't know really what does that look like down the road, but you always knew it's going to be something great. Whether it's a teacher, TV producer, or all those things that you imagine, imagine mm-hmm. you've done it. Where does that fire come from? Are you always born with that vision? I don't think you're born with it. I think, you know, if I look at someone asked me a long time ago, like, Rakia, you seem really confident. Yes. What is that? You know, where does that come from? And I define confidence as being able to overcome or tackle a task. And I've tackled so many tasks. And I think when you're challenged with this thing or this thing and that thing and that thing, and you move through those things, you do gain a level of independence or you do gain a level of confidence saying, hey, I was able to do that thing. And if you repeatedly set yourself up to tackle so many tasks, you're going to constantly be driven or constantly be in the face of of some some sort of confidence Um, because you're tackling, you're accomplishing, you're knocking down things, you're trailblazing. You're, you know, sort of bulldozing through things. And I feel like I've always been in a place to do that. Now, is it tough? Is it grueling? Is it, you know, is it a lot of work? It absolutely is. It absolutely is. I just have gotten myself to the point of I have to have peace and joy no matter what. No matter what. No matter whether it's a failure or it's a yes or it's a no there always has to be peace and joy because I'm protecting my greatest asset, which is my mind. I love that. Leave with joy is so, so beautiful. And I'm curious, Okia, today, you know, you of course accomplished so many things, a wonderful journey, you know. And I'm curious, what does success mean to you today? And for that, you know, definition, are you a success? Yeah, I would say yes. You know, I think success is, for me, you know, there are so many different definitions of success, but being able to design a life that I'm proud of, that mm-hmm. I look forward to, that I get up every day without an alarm, like the fact that I still wake up without my alarm, like I have an alarm set every morning for a certain time. And most days I wake up before that alarm goes off. Not out of anxiety, not out of, but, you know, today is a new day. This is an opportunity for me to do something that I didn't get to do yesterday. This is an opportunity for me to conquer it a little differently. This is an opportunity for me to create or innovate or imagine something else. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that to me, that that is success. And being able to, obviously, from a monetary standpoint, be able to afford those things so that I am, you know, you know, our family we're taken care of, you know, the children are taken care of, all of those things. I mean, I, you know, I would be a fool to say just, you know, I want to live my life and live, but you also need to pay your bills and you also need to be able to provide, you know, for your lifestyle. And I have a, you know, a certain, certain lifestyle I, and I don't live an extravagant lifestyle. I, I live a very simple, mm-hmm. a very simple life. I, I believe in, you know, simplicity. Um, I know a lot of folks would probably not think that because I, I do so much, but I, I actually like simplicity. 
I've never been one to say I have to drive a certain thing. I have to own a certain thing. I have to have this. I have to have that. I don't. That that doesn't drive me. It doesn't drive me. Peace of mind, joy, not having to worry about things is success to me. It's just like people say, it's not about what you have. It's about who you are becoming. And today, mm -hmm. Rukia, you are such a beautiful heart. You know, you just really follow the joy and here with so much passion to serve your clients and really support your family. It's just so, so beautiful to see. Um, I'm curious. My last question to you, Rukia, is, you know, you come along the way. You conquer one mountain after another after another and today you find you on your own path and truly live the authentic self that you always meant to be. I'm curious, what are the advice you give to any entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs who may be in this mode of hustling, maybe trying to figure it out, maybe still at a moment when listen to what people say, what they should do and still confuse what path he or she should take on and whether they question whether he or she has all it takes to truly live the authentic themselves. What advice you give to them? Mm -hmm. Right. I love that question. I, I'd say a few things. One would be hmm, everything that glitters is not gold. Like <laughs> everything that glitters is not gold. So what might be amazing to someone else may not be the right thing for you. And two, I do believe in the power of tenacity and ensuring that if you know, not everyone else around you, but if you know that you know that you know that you should be going this way, then definitely go this way. And, you know, I think that as we live in this world of constant social media and things just being thrown in our face, you have to be able to discern, like to be able to discern what is going to be right for you now and what's going to be the right thing for you later on. Well, thank you so much, Rukia, for such a beautiful wisdom and your beautiful journey, beautiful insight. We are so, so appreciate you. And thank you, everybody, for tuning today. I'm so appreciate your time. And I cannot wait to see you guys next week. Stay tuned. Bye, guys.